Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Jeannie Moravitz Smith. She is the founder of Dynamism Leadership, formerly HRRX, a leadership mindset and organization development consulting firm established in 2005. Prior to becoming CEO, she held executive leadership roles at a variety of organizations. Now with over three decades of personal and professional experience, Jeannie has helped thousands of leaders learn how to take charge of the catabolic thoughts and feelings that control their mindset and replace them with anabolic energy. Jeannie holds certifications in leadership coaching, energy, leadership, human management, as well as a master of science degree in human resources. Jeannie's clients state that she has helped them enhance their relationships, both personally and professionally, with themselves and others to enhance connection, attract and retain top talent, and make massive product profits. Welcome to the podcast, Jeannie. Oh, so glad to have, or so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out. So looking back on my decades of, of experience in the work world, I have to look back at the one that was probably most transformational for me. And it really had a lot to do with standing up for my values. And so I had climbed the corporate ladder in the human resources function, literally from HR clerk to vice president of HR. And I was so excited to finally have a, an invitation to a board of directors meeting. And so the night before I was very excited, got my best suit out. I had all plans for how I was going to approach this meeting. So the next evening um, I walk into the room and the very first thing that one of the most senior board members says to me is that he wanted a cup of coffee. And I had seconds to make a decision. I was completely floored by his request and taken back. And knowing what my values were and what I was willing to risk within seconds, I made the decision. And yes, I was probably risking getting fired, but standing up for my beliefs, and my values were more important. So I made the decision. I grabbed his hand. I proceeded to pull him towards the door, skipping him out the room like a second grade school girl. And all along, I'm starting to get nervous. I was worried that my palm was sweating. I'm like, please don't mm. let him notice my palm sweating. But I got, I have to do this. I know I have to do this, not just for me, but I have to do this for all the women, all the underdogs in the world who are being misrepresented in the work world and not being seen as true professionals. So I proceeded to take him out with a little, I call it a coffee cart, but it was really like a little um, cafe or section of the executive suite. And I proceeded to walk him step by step through the process of making his own coffee. And uh, all along, <laughs> I'm like, oh, please don't let him see me sweat. Please don't let me see him sweat me sweat. And his, um, I could see his body language going from frustration to utter belief to almost amazement that I stood up for myself and stood up to him. I don't think anyone 
who looks like this is a female has ever, ever tried something like that with him before. And again, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is it. I'm going to get fired. What's my plan B? And my plan B was like, you know, if I'm going to be a barista for someone, it's going to be my choice and I'm going to go do that. And there's nothing wrong with baristas. I'm actually thinking that could be something I could do it, it soon in my life. Um, but I said, I, I walked in step by step and I said, now you do not have to ask someone like me to do something like this again. And he just laughed and smiled. And from that point forward, he would invite me to sit next to him. He would, he would stop and say, wait a minute, John or Jim or Jerry. Um, I think Jeannie just said that, you mm -hmm. know, because it, prior in meetings, I would say things as a female and I would have silence. And then mm -hmm. Joe would say it and they go, great idea, Joe. And, and I had a hard time saying, hey, um, I... I, that was my idea, right? So after I just totally jumped off the cliff and tested it with the most senior um, board of director meeting and I didn't get fired, as a matter of fact, I gained his respect and that's really all I wanted. I wanted my value of respect to be supported and not compromised. And in that moment, I decided to respond in a way that was gonna serve me and not react. Or not just go, okay, and make coffee. Like my days of doing that were long gone. So mm -hmm. that's a pretty, I was, I was, I had, I mentioned I climbed the corporate ladder and I did everything I had to do from clerk to VP. And then I was definitely not going to go out like that. And so at least I, I took a risk. I braved up. I pulled all the self-esteem and um, self-confidence that I had, and I went for it and it didn't backfire on me. Yeah. And I applaud you for doing that because I know there's a lot of women that'll probably just get that cup of coffee and resent it. Right. But like walking him through the process took a lot of guts. And I'll tell you, it, it did take guts. It was scary. And I think it was everything I ever learned, everything I ever learned was about to be showcased right then and there. And I couldn't let that down. Like I had to go for it. Um, and, and I remember the CEO that night going, I don't know what you did, but he loves you now, you know, and he was <laughs> one that either loved or hate, hated people. I'm like, I'll tell you what I did. I, I taught him how to make coffee. And so I encourage anyone who's listening it may be scary. And I was scared. And I, I've been one of those like brave girls to jump in the front of the line for things, but it was scary. And I did it anyway. And it, I didn't die and I didn't get fired. And even if I did, even if they asked me to leave, the truth of it is, I didn't want to be in that environment. I need to be where I can be me and show up as me and be respected for all of the experience I've had and everything that I bring to the table, I didn't need to be compromised just because I'm a female and making coffee for someone. Yeah, true, true. And uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, women who are in leadership positions. They often have uh, that imposter syndrome. So how can we flip the switch on thoughts and feeling controlling one's mind in that imposter syndrome? Um, so I always, you know, that saying the, um, it's Winnie the Pooh, we're braver than we think we are. We're smarter than, and I don't know the exact words yeah. at this moment, but it's, it's, 
we have everything we need to know. And what's keeping us back are those, the gremlins, those thoughts and feelings in our head that are like, oh, you're not good enough, or you're, um, you're, you're not ready for that. Or you, what happens is we often compare ourselves to other people. And then we say, oh, I don't have as many followers or I'm not as pretty or I'm not as I didn't go to that college or that university or what have you. It doesn't matter if you show up as you and your authentic self. You're going to shine where you should be shining. And back to my story, like if I were to be let go from that, I was in the wrong environment anyway. That is was never going to work for me. I was going to have like you mentioned, like tension and frustration because I went and did that for him. I made him coffee and he would always then treat me as a servant Mm -hmm. of his and not an equal. And so really when, when you can, let's go back to the values, when you understand what your core values are, and it's very clear um, to me that my core value, my most important one is respect. And that means different things to different people. But when you understand what your core values are, you can quickly determine when they're being compromised. And when they are, because you have knowledge of it, you will respond the way that's going to best serve you versus react. And so I have had experiences where in my life, my 20s and 30s, where I would react to something. And the reality is you can't get it back. You can't get back how you may left somebody to feel. They may forget. You've heard that saying, they may forget what you said, but they're never going to forget the feeling that you left them with. And so we really want to, in order to show up as our best self is we want to avoid those reaction moments. And by doing in, in order to do that, you need to understand your core values and why they're important to you. And so I was like, oh, I'm not being respected. Okay. I'm going to respond. And, you know, I had never thought that that situation would happen, but when it happened, I had it, I just pulled the file out and was like, oh, let me teach them how, you know, that saying, teach people how to fish and they'll eat the rest of their life. I actually said that to him rather than, you know, I was like, now you never have to show, um, have somebody else for this again, you know how to make your own coffee. You can always get your own coffee. And so I, I want people to trust their intuition and take a deep breath. Like one thing a lot of people do is they react right away and it's okay to take a second, just take one second and go, Mm -hmm. how do I want to respond? And what's happening in your head is you're like, oh, my value of respect is being compromised. I don't want to lash out. I'm going to respond this way and trust your intuition. Like I said, it's all, you have it all. You're intelligent. You've been, we're all experienced. You know, you, reflect on everything you've learned, you've heard, you've been exposed to. And every time we have an experience in our life that's really hard on us, look at the opportunity of what you've learned. So if you like, if you look back and it's like, oh, that was horrible, but what did you learn from it? Like connect the dots in the back backwards to prepare yourself for the next situation. And you're ready for it take that step, take it, go for it. Cause I bet you nine, I, for me, nine out of 10 times, if not close to hundred percent of the time, it it's not horrible. And the worst, I, I always have told people 
it's okay to ask for things because what's the worst thing they can do is say no. So it's the same concept, right? Like try it. And so what? You failed. You learn from it. Move on. You're that much richer of a person. So go for it is what I'm telling people to do. Don't, don't not do things because you don't think you're good enough. You're not strong enough because you are. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing uh, people need to convince themselves of. And like you said, not be reactive, but instead, uh, you know, learn, work with uh, your core values and know what your core values are. That leads us to talk a little bit about trust because um, trust in the workplace um, is, you know, one of the core values of many people, I think, especially in the school. Um, and it also, you know, communication um, in that workplace is based on if people trust each other or not. So how can trust be cultivated to enhance connection in the workplace? So trust is two ways with, with two people or more all the time. So it goes back to that simple saying, do what you say you're going to do. And early on in my career, I learned if somebody asks you to do something, be okay saying, uh, can I ask some, or asking, be okay asking questions, clarifying exactly what it is that their expectations are, and then ask them, is it okay if I meet with you in three days and, and drive that yourself. Don't just because it's your manager, wait for them to say, okay, we're going to meet in three days. We're going to meet in 30 days. You drive that and say, you know what? I, I don't have all these answers and be okay saying, you know what? It looks like we have eight steps here and I've done six of them, but can you help me with these last two? Like you don't have to know everything ever. It's okay to say, I don't know can you help me with it? Or I'm going to research it and then check in with your manager. Am I going down the right path? So what that does for your manager, they start trusting the fact that you're going to be 100% honest with them. And that when you're struggling, you're going to come to them for help. And guess what's going to happen? You're actually going to intercept a problem. And the, co- the manager as a coach is going to come in and help you. And that's going to save that, the, be more efficient and save time. Because I've seen it where a lot of greener or newer people to the work world ha- feel they have to show up as someone else and be more than they really are. And so they, I'm just going to do it. And then they fail. And then they have to hide it from their manager. And then they're ashamed. But if you can admit you know what? I think I got 90% of this, or I think I got 80%, but I could really use your help on the other two. You're building a really solid relationship, um, have really great communication, and you're trusting each other both in both ways, both directions. And so as a manager and a leader, you should also ask your staff really good empowering questions. Mm -hmm. So be that coach pull out the information from them and trust the fact that they are adults and they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So ask them how, you know, I, when I used to manage a staff, I would say, I, I've done it this way and this project can be challenging and this is how I see it. But what do you think? How would you do it differently? And especially with the different generations, ask them what their opinion is or how they go about doing it. You might be pleasantly surprised that their way is even better. So as, as senior leaders, I can speak that way for myself now, I think it's important to 
open, be open to other people's opinions and ideas and listen. And I've always said this, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen twice as much as you talk, especially as and ask open-ended questions. So Jimmy, um, today we have this project and I'm assigning it to you because I really trust the fact that you can get this done. I've seen you with this other project and blah, 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 blah. How do you, how are you going to do this? And when are you going to come to me when you're challenged and have them tell you all of their obstacles? And guess what? They will start trusting that you're not going to reprimand them if they don't have all the answers. Yeah. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. And that goes both ways, like as you're saying, um, you know, let uh, people do their jobs. Uh, if you're the manager, right, trust them to do their jobs, but also as a um like a mid-level person, just make sure that you um, are not afraid to go to the manager with questions and that trust goes both ways. So um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your book. So behind you on the video, you have uh, energy leadership. So what exactly is energy leadership? Okay. That's my book, energy leadership. That's not even, that's not the one I wrote. I have, or was an author in, I have the other two here, but energy leadership it's a concept of understanding what, how you show up when you're with your friends or your family or your comfort zone. And there's seven different levels of energy. And so do you, do you come in as a very like level three, helpful, very caring, considerate person? And there's another, there's an assessment I do that determines what happens to those same levels when you're under stress. And then what I do with a lot of my clients is we compare these differences and what, and, and why, what triggers you to drop down to a much lower level under stress. And this is by understanding what energy leadership is, how you show up at the different levels and under what circumstances you can actually change your, the way that you show up in the world and your workplace. And, and that really, it has a lot to do with, I, I couple this with a values assessment so that, and it really comes down to that. What, what are my values that are being supported or compromised at this time? And that's what happens under stress. And I can give you a really quick example before I understood this whole concept of energy leadership, I was Um, handing out these flowers to kindergartners for a teacher appreciation meeting or teacher appreciation day. And the teacher had only given me three minutes. And I was actually, I'm all about respecting other people's time because that's a huge, um, really important value of mine. So I have three minutes. I should have, in hindsight, all had the same color flower. But of course, I had a bouquet of different colors and each of the child wanted a different color. So I'm going as fast as I can. Well, a mother comes over wanting to help, but she starts tapping me on the shoulder. How come I don't know about this? When, when did I said, well, the email went out. Well, what email address did you send it to? And I just start to like, I think fumes are coming out of my ears because I only have three minutes. I want to respect the teacher. And now she wants to know what email address. So I said, I should have said, let me start with that. I should have said, if you give me a minute, let me get through this. I'm all yours. 
That is a great response. But instead I reacted, well, whatever email address you have on file, right? Or whatever it is, like you should have got the message. You didn't get the memo. It's not my fault. See the Mm -hmm. difference there? So in, in when you understand what happens under stress, what value is compromised and how to, and it's seconds, which is why I believe I was able to do that with the uh, board of director me, um, member was because I could quickly understand what was going on, feel it, feel the pressure before I blurted something out. And I'm, I'm really trying to get the message across with leaders at all organizations that that's really what it comes down to, how you're treating people when it gets stressful. And I've worked with thousands of leaders, both in-house HR and as a consultant. And that's when it matters. That's when the relationship has been damaged with their staff is when they react under pressure, under stress, and they can't get the, the employee can't get over that feeling they left them. Yeah. And I totally can see like that experience uh, with the kindergartners and, you know, reacting like when a lot of things are happening at once, right? I mean, educators make that mistake a lot, whether they're dealing with parents or students and yeah, how you should have reacted. And I think it comes also with experience and, and being in the field and really kind of looking back on your mistakes, as you said, how, how we can lead uh, with our core values. And yeah. And I think like you just said, like learning from your experience, learning from your mistakes, being experienced and knowing who you are at the core. It's so very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have co-authored a few books. So one with success codes to success you were taught in school and own the microphone is the second one, how 50 of the world's best professional speakers launched their career. So Talk to me a little bit about uh, each one of those, starting with success codes. Okay. So um, my chapter in success codes was really about success, defining success as a personal feeling. It really has to be who you are. And again, back to what I've said earlier, you can't compare yourself to someone else's success. We're all so different. And if we're truly showing up 100% authentic in our life, then we should be able to define success any way we want and any way that feels good to us and not compare. Um, I truly believe that everyone is a leader of their own life and that we have the choice. We have the choice to define these different levels of success. So looking back on my life, like I thought, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to be VP of HR. That's it. That's going to be success. I'm going to be at that board meeting. That's why it was so, it was so shocking to me that I, I had that response from him um, because I had finally reached my where I needed to be and wanted to be. Um, but that was a goal that I set up for myself. And the funny thing is we can change that too, because when I got there, it wasn't all that. It wasn't what, and that's when I ended up thinking, maybe I'm going to start my own business. So you can also change those, your definition of success. But a lot of people, you know, I want to go get a master's degree or I want to get an undergraduate degree, or maybe I want an associate's degree in music or something. That's your success. That's important to you. That's your life. It's your choice. So it really is. Um, I mentioned that I had worked with thousands of leaders in the past and a really 
the chapter of my book, the cha my chapter title was it's an inside job. It really is an inside job. And it comes down to five different areas that I know both myself and multiple, multiple, multiple leaders are able to define success with understanding how to change and accept change and flow with change. And I've coached a lot of people who are in their 50s who are set in their ways and they're struggling with the new 20 year olds coming into the work world. So you have to understand that change is inevitable. My mom used to say change, taxes and death. Those are the things that you can't control. So accept it, embrace it. And I was that little girl that moved my bedroom around every night that when my mom came in the next, not every night, not every night, that's a little OCD, but I would move my room around that sometimes my mom would open the next day to wake me up and not know where my head was because I like to move my, <laughs> I like change. Um, the second thing is trust. And we talked about that trust in the work world. You also have to be able to trust yourself like really trust yourself and let your intuition drive you. You won't be let down ever. If you have a strange gut feel about something, you're spot on. Don't move forward. The third thing, communication. We talked about that. Be open, communicate the truth, ask a lot of questions, ask questions of your staff, staff, ask questions of your manager. I'm a believer. There's no such thing as a, as a dumb question. And you will get an answer. And if you ask your manager about how they did things in the past, you'll even get deeper and richer um, answers because people do like to talk about their experiences. Um, the fourth thing is be resilient, um, especially during the world and the changes that are happening. You just have to keep um, being able to, to change and go with the flow and just pick yourself up the next day and Brush yourself off and realize how strong you truly are. And the fifth thing is having a high level of emotional intelligence and really understanding um, what happens to you under stress. And I think this has a lot to do with the energy leadership and understanding your values and, and being strong in tough times. But also being vulnerable enough to say, you know what, this is hard. This is tough. I need help because you don't have to go at life or work alone. So I think that that's very important. So those were my five elements of success codes. Um, and my, that was really the, the um, trusting your gut and it being an inside job on those five different characteristics of a successful mm -hmm. leader. Mm -hmm. And then own your microphone is about my chapter is actually on. Um, it's called jump in with both feet. And the whole premise here is being your authentic self. And as I've mentioned already, is not comparing yourself to other people or other people's, you know, success reels on Instagram or social media. But really, if you're going to compare, compare yourself to who you were yesterday. That's mm -hmm. it. And what little baby steps did you do since yesterday to make yourself just a little bit better? Whatever it is you want to change, you can change. If you want to change your job, if you want to be promoted, if you want to learn how to better communicate, if you want to, whatever it is, you want to move, you want whatever you want to do, you want to start your own business, you can do it, break down those large lofty goals to digestible chunks and just every day compare yourself to where you were yesterday and you'll be pleasantly surprised how far you've come. 
Yeah. And that's so important to remember, like for people who are, you know, wanting success in life and also learning to uh, be able to speak uh, professionally, whether it's, uh, you know, in a board meeting or in front of a large group, um, trusting yourself goes a long way. So uh, let's talk about your services. Uh, you have a lot listed on your website that I'll link in the show notes, but um, you do a lot of HR consulting. So uh, talk to me about some of the things that you offer for those who would okay. be interested. Okay. Yeah. I have a staff of nine um, contractors that are available at any time, given the clients, the corporate clients um, needs. And so we have human resource consulting. So that could be anything from hiring. There could be an investigation with my 30 years in human resources. Uh, we have the experience, me and some of my staff, not, not all of them are trained on everything, but we do have the experience to come in and be your outsourced HR function. And I say that not that that's what we want to do, but we have the full gamut, anything to do human centric related employee matters. We can handle that. And California is where I'm located. We've been the strictest, um, state in the nation as far as employment law. And so we can handle a lot of those type of situations that sometimes are sticky for managers. We also have um, leadership um, coaching. So I've worked with a lot of CEOs and executive teams to help them show up differently in the work world and bring in much more profits. So that could be anywhere from um, helping employ their staff, helping them better manage their staff, learn how to coach. Um, we also do um, training sessions. So anything from um, like direct communication, there could be stress management, there could, we have a whole um, library full of different um, in-person or online courses, and it could be anywhere from a 45 minute to a full day or three day session, depending on what the company's needs are. So we really co-create that with them. And then the last thing is myself and a few, few of my nine members are, train our speakers. So we can come into a corporate event and do an inspirational speaking engagement. We can help the um, CEO with that too. We could team up with them depending on what the needs are of the organization. And we also do a lot of one-on-one um, -on -one work or team, team coaching and training and development. Okay. Okay. So uh, would that um, be uh, beneficial for schools uh, or for districts who are interested in uh, just HR uh, management, uh, even if you're looking down at the school level and just, um, you know, for new principals or administrative teams who are um, looking to know more about hiring and, um, you know, firing decisions? Um, yes. And also anytime if I, a lot of the schools are bringing in mindset um, emotional intelligence, um, trust, anything, if they wanted to do a, a, um, a workshop with their staff or team, but absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay. Well, as we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you, uh, what's the most important piece of advice you'd give to listeners of the podcast? My most important piece of advice is to be you. And to, in order to be you, I think you really need to understand who you are at the core. And if that means working with a certified coach to really bring those things out, because they know how to answer, ask the right questions for you to really thought provoking questions that will bring out what's important to you, what you value, who you are at the core. And then, you know, and also the values assessment, maybe an energy leadership assessment. So you understand who you are and how you want to show up and when you're 
your values are being compromised or supported. And so I really think, I really think that's important to, um, sorry, I just got distracted by that. I really think that that is important to um, know that, understand that, and so that you can show up who you are. And then what happens is you end up being way more present in the moment. You're, you have so much more joy in your life and you can experience this one life that we have so much more richer and deeper and really enjoy it. And I think that that what makes all the difference is so be you understand you understand what has to change and be brave enough to take those first steps in making those changes. So you can live the life that you're supposed to be. And I I've, I've met people in their eighties who I wish I would have done this, this, and that. Yeah. So do it while you can now. And we all know that so much more after 2020 and the last couple of years, like life is valuable and it's short. So if you're not enjoying today, quite honestly, that's your choice. Cause yeah, you definitely. can make the changes to enjoy it. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, you can, you can, you're in charge of your life. Well, out of everything we talked about on the podcast, um, in terms of uh, your chapters in those books, energy leadership, um, your trench story and uh, trust cultivation in terms of connection in the workplace. What's one thing you'd like the listeners to remember? Hmm. Well, my words of advice. So remember that I think I'm going to go through the five things change, be open to change, trust yourself and trust others, believe in them, communicate, ask for what you want, be brave enough to do that, communicate your needs. So you cannot expect people to be mind readers. You have to ask for what you want, be resilient and bump up your emotional intelligence. Those five things will make you a strong leader. And again, we all are leaders of our own life. So everyone's a leader and that will make you stronger. It will make you be a help, help with this plan of having you be more present and experience more joy each and every day. That's so great advice. Where can people connect with you and find you online? So you can find my website is dynamism. So it's Dinah, D-Y-N-A-M-I-S-M, leadership.com. That's probably the best place. It has all the links to everything there. Great, great. I'll put that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for being my guest on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. Oh, you are so welcome. Thanks for having me. I love talking with you, Dana. Check out the show notes on danagoodyear.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at out of trenches PC. Mm-hmm.